yourself like, man, she's getting out of bed. <laughs> you got out of bed. Come on. No, you deserve more than that. Come on. We celebrate getting out of bed. And uh, we do that because uh, some days it's harder than others to get out of bed. And for some reason, on some days, we're like, I don't know about you guys, but some days it's really difficult to get out of bed for me. So uh, thank you guys so much. We don't take it lightly that you're here today. Uh, we hope and we pray that you come just with a desire. That's it. It doesn't matter what that desire is because I believe that God takes care of the rest. So as long as you come with a desire, you come with the right attitude. The only issue there, the only the only difficulty in being able to respond to the answer that you get for that desire is come on. There's so many times in life that we actually want something that we get that we don't want, that we hear what we don't want to hear. And that can be difficult. So if that happens today, I don't want to pay apologies for it. I just ask you to respond to it that way. So uh, thank you guys so much for being here. I am, I don't know if you can tell, I'm kind of caffeinated because I stayed up way too late, way too late last night. And I'm going to tell you uh, a little bit of why I did that. But before I do, I want to, um, I want to just highlight one of the things that Marcel talked about, and that is today at 1145-ish, I'm going to play an if at the end of that, because, because uh, today is Fashion Week Sunday, so that's why I'm hoping that that's the reason for the if, 1145-ish. We're going to be upstairs for something that we call My Refuge, and My Refuge is just, if you've been coming here, or maybe if you're here for the first time and you're sitting there going, you know what, like this place is really cool, I could, I could find this to be my home. Or if you've been coming for a while and you're like, you know what, I'm tired of this just being my home and it's not going to make it my home, then um, this is for you. That's why we have my refuge. It's, you come to it, we call it a membership class, membership Bible club. It's just not a social club, it's just not a country club. Um, there's, no, there's no rules, right? Um, it, this, is, this is a big church that the Bible, I believe, wants us all, like God wants us to be a part of. exciting as people, people bury their old self and come alive. It's not because it's, it's, it's not the baptism that saves them. It's the way that Jesus that saves them, where they assemble and putting them their old, their old self, burying their, their old dead bodies and coming back to life. And if you're here and you've never been, been water baptized, I want to encourage you um, to, to consider it today. We have done our, our very best
last week, this particular guy and I uh, went to a conference called Warrior Conference. Um, I don't know how Warrior Peace is in this circuit, so I'm on my way for more and more in the mix. But, um, but we went to a conference called the Warrior Conference, and um, we, we come back with an energy. And did you feel that energy in worship today? Was it just me? Or was it just the 16 other guys that were with me? I mean, it was so good. And we come back with, with, a, with an energy and, and uh, on our way home. Uh, so so I, we, we were scheduled to uh, begin a new series called Twisted. Uh, Twisted is a series where we're going to take some of the most misused scriptures in all the Bible. Bibles are often misquoted by Christians and non-Christians, misunderstood by Christians and Lord, I sense your, your Holy Spirit in this place far, far more than I, I don't know that I've ever sensed it to this day in our 16, 17 months of being here. I don't know that I've sensed it like I do right now in this moment. So God, I, I pray that we wouldn't squander it. I pray that we would respond to it, that we would open ourselves up to you with the desire that we came in here for, and we would listen to you for the answer to our desire to it. Because Lord, I believe that your word has all the answers to all of our desires. So God, I pray that you would use this word that you've given me. Speak to our hearts. Continue to speak to my heart about this subject of living in the spirit of God. In Jesus' name I pray. If you have your Bibles, you can turn me to John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, um, we, we were recently donated uh, some Bibles. And so uh, when they were donated to us, we decided that we would just give them away. So if you don't have a Bible, we have a Bible for you that you can take home with you, that you can, um, that you can read on a day-to-day basis. That's where it's used the, the best. Uh, you can put it um, on the nightstand. want to give it to you. That doesn't matter. Like, like we, It's up to you to use it correctly. Uh, we're going to show you and we're going to teach you how to use it correctly, but we want to give it to you nonetheless. So all it, all it requires is just you sticking your hand up, letting us know that you don't have a Bible, and there's no shame in not having a Bible. Um, if we've given you one of these Bibles in the past and you forgot it at home, that's fine. Take another one. We've got plenty. Uh, like I said, just get, raise your hand, and, and our, our kind, kind people. 
Temple will be bringing you a Bible today. Normally we have uh, an app called the YouVersion Bible app that I put all my notes on, but this was so fresh, I was like, forget YouVersion today, I'm not going to mess with it. It's 12.30 at night, and I don't want to do it right now, so um, I'm, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm just going to say that, and in the future, next week, I promise you, it'll be on YouVersion again. So John chapter 15 is where we're at, and while we were at the Warrior Conference this past week, um, I heard one of the most powerful stories that I have ever heard at a conference. And this is a story that's not, it's not my story, so I, I even hesitate sharing it with you, because it's not my story, it's not my story to tell, it's, it's Phil Klein's story to tell. Phil Klein is a guy that is a highly successful businessman. He started two organizations. One of them is called Focus 412, based on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, and helping churches grow. The other organization is called Klein and Associates, where they coach uh, corporate-level executives as well as church executives and, and coach them to be better leaders. And so he's, he's a leadership guy. Phil Klein told a story about how he lived in North Carolina at one of the fastest growing churches in America, one of the largest growing church, largest churches in America and fastest growing churches in America, known as Elevation Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Pastor Ian Curtis is a Christian. He was telling about how when he went in and he saw this incredible organization, he just said, whatever this guy needs, I'm going to do, and I, I just want to, I just want to do it, I just want to help this mission. I hope that, that um, I hope that when you come here, I hope that you get a sense of a mission that's greater than we are, and you just say, "I just want to be a part of it because it's, it's so much bigger than they are." That's that's one of our goals. But Phil, as he was at Elevation, he worked his way onto staff, and um, and as he was there, he and his wife just talked about how sweet it was to be in their sweet spot. So one day, Phil's wife went into the doctor for a routine checkup. Routine checkup. As she was on her way home, she called Phil, and Phil said, what did the doctor say? And she said, he told me I have sweet things for you. Phil lost his wife to cancer. And... As Phil told his story, this is what he said that just blew my mind. And this guy was full of knowledge. But he said, my wife and I thought that we had discovered our sweet spot at elevation. But what I didn't realize was that my sweet spot was my sweet spot was when I had been stripped of everything. And all I had was Jesus. And every day, I lived trying to get back to that sweet spot without losing everything. And I was just like, what? Like, I'm in tears telling you, I was really in tears then, along with 1,200 other men, come on, like, with warrior shirts on. driving home yesterday to wait for the glory of God to come in, I was 
Whispered in my spirit, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, Adam, that's how he did it. So we're going to read John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 1 through 17. So bear with me as I read it. But when I read it, think about being stripped of everything. And here's, here's why we're talking about it. Because our mission at the Refuge Church, our, our, our mission statement is to show people that when they make Jesus their refuge, that they never have to be overtaken by the storms of life, if Jesus is their refuge. And so as I'm listening to Phil Klein's story, I'm going, this guy is living our mission. He has lived our mission. He's lived our mission that, I've, that God has used me to start a church and base our mission around. And he is... He's lived the, the mission more than I have. And so that's why it grabbed my heart. And I believe that the reason why God has shown me this is because John chapter 15, if we're going to have this as our mission, it has to be a part of it. So verse 1 says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine and doesn't, that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted by what we will talk about last Sunday, next week, next month, or years. Verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for another one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. And since I have told you everything that the Father told me, he didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting Because there's a lot, and we got baptism coming today. 
So, what I want to talk about, though, is, is I want to talk about how this relates to living in between. As Jesus is speaking to his disciples here, many believe that this was a part of the Last Supper. The Last Supper. So he was a, this was a part of the Last Supper. This is, this is when Jesus is, is uh, he's, he's hanging out with his boys. They're in the upper room, and they're, talk, they're, they're, they're talking and conversing. And, and, and many believe that either he, he carried on this conversation that was taking place in the upper room, and that's when he told this, or it was while he was up in, in the upper room. It doesn't matter when it happened. It matters when he said it. And so, what does matter about when it happened is Jesus is about to be brutally killed on a cross for you and for me. For the friends that he is speaking to, telling them that they are their friends. Telling them that there is no greater love than he that lays down his life for his friends. He's about to live that, that verse. And so, that's when he's, he's telling the disciples... That I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, there's also a lot of discussion about why he uses the vine. And the reason that many people believe that Jesus talked about a vine is because the vine back in the day represented the children of Israel, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, God's chosen. You could translate into that, that into being the religious people of the day. And so a vine, people that were religious were seen as people that were a part of the vine. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. They're not the vine. I am the true vine. He's saying that your identification with religion is not what matters. Your identification with me does. Being identified as religious has nothing. It means nothing. Being identified as Someone that follows Jesus and someone that is in relationship with him does. That's what matters. Plus, this whole conversation, let's just be honest real quick. It's weird. Like, who gets together with their boys and talks about gardening? We didn't go to the warrior conference this week to talk about gardening. Like, we didn't, there was, warriors, was there there any discussion about Tomato plants. No. Maybe tomatoes, but not tomato plants. Right? So, so like, it, it's weird. It's a weird conversation. But the reason why Jesus went there was because it was so important for us to understand that it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. A relationship with Jesus. Because he is the true vine. And so he says... Remain in me, and I will remain in you. And that's how we live in this sweet spot, is by remaining in him and he remaining in us. And so I have a couple questions today. The first one is, so if, if Jesus is talking about fruit and he's talking about remaining in him, how do we produce fruit? How do we make it happen? And, and then, what, what exactly is fruit? What is this fruit that Jesus is speaking about? And so, I want to first talk about how we make fruit happen. How, are, how
how do we do it? And then we'll talk about what it is. Okay, and, and it's, I realize it's kind of backwards because it was late at night and I wasn't putting this together. So it may not all make sense. That's okay. I'm just going to ride that. I'm just going to ride that excuse for as long as I can. Because maybe next week I'll do something else and not, not do that. So the first thought that I have about remaining in the vine is number one, if you want to produce fruit, you have to be connected to the garden. If you want to produce fruit, you have to be connected to the gardener. Someone that plants a, a, a garden and never does anything to it, never waters it, never prunes it, never pulls the weeds, never does anything, they're not going to get a whole lot of fruit out of that garden, are they? Are they? No, they're not. So we have to live in connection to the gardener if we are going to produce fruit. Two weeks ago, I talked, I talked about baptism, and two weeks ago I said this, I said, belief plus trust equals faith. Remember, I said that, that even the devil, even Satan and his angels believe in God. The question is, what separates you from them? I'll tell you what needs to separate you from them, because it's the only thing that can save you. And that's trusting in God with your entire life. It's belief plus trust that equals faith. And so if we're going to remain in him, we must trust him with our entire life. I was talking to, uh, I didn't plan on, on sharing this, but I was talking to, to one, of the, one of the kids today that wants to get baptized. Um, it's always funny when a when a when someone under the age of twelve comes to you on baptism day and wants to get baptized. There's a lot of questions that go through my mind as a minister, and then I'm reminded every time of Jesus saying, "Come to me with the faith of a child." And so I sit down with this particular ch- child, and uh, I said, "So why do you want to get baptized?" And uh, she told me some things that, you know, she just said, well, because, it, you know, it's important. And, and, uh, and as we were talking, she said, because I, I asked her, I said, have you ever given Jesus your heart? And she looked me, looked at me the most, amount, most honestly that really anyone has in a long time. not completely. That got me. Because it's like there are moments of my life that I hold on to and that I I want to just, just hold. But God says, Adam, you got to surrender it. You got to let it go. Give it to me completely. Trust me completely. So if we're going to have a connection to the gardener, we have to trust it, trust him completely. You do that by every day spending time with the gardener. By every morning when you wake up, taking out the book and getting connected to that gardener and saying and, and reading it and allowing the gardener 
to take his word and to prune it, to cut the things out of your life that do not belong there, to cut out the pride, to cut out the lust, to cut out the ego, to cut out everything in your life that doesn't belong there because this tells you what does. And so we have to have a connection to the gardener, but I hit on the next thing that happens when we remain in, the, in Jesus, and that is that remaining in Jesus doesn't always come without pain. That's number two. Remaining in Jesus doesn't always come without pain. In fact, I would go as far as to say that sometimes when we remain in Jesus, it guarantees pain. And you guys are like, why would I ever want to remain in him, Jordan Adam? Like, you're really bad at this. Seriously, there are times where I, where I speak and I'm like, it doesn't make any, any human sense. Like, I'm trying to convince people that they should give their heart to follow Jesus, but I'm telling them that it's going to be difficult. It is going to be difficult. I'm honest. The Bible is honest too. And what it tells us in, in, in the book of Psalms chapter 91, that's where we find our mission. That when we make Jesus our refuge, that we never have to be overtaken by the storms in life. Psalm chapter 91 verses 9 and 10. You never have to be overtaken by the storms of the life of, of life that, that happens. You see, storms will come, pain will come, but you never have to be overwhelmed by it. And the only way that that happens is when we remain in Jesus. The only way that that happened for Phil Klein is because he was remaining in Jesus. Because he looked to Jesus when everything had been stripped away of him. And so every day he strives to get back to the point where he can remain in Jesus. Remain in Jesus. Remain in Jesus. That's living in the sweet spot. And sometimes it means a little bit of help. Sometimes it means a little bit of pain. But you know what helps? Having people around us to help us get through it. That's why you come to refuge. Because it's, it's not just my mission. It's all of our mission. And if it's going to be all of our mission, then we have to help carry you through the times of life that really suck, through the times of life that really hurt, through the times of life that you do not want to face, we have to carry you through it. And you have to remain in the garden. You've got to remain in the garden. I'll never forget about a month or so ago, my friend uh, Rob Willis is the pastor at Journey Church in Barrington. I think it was in I think it was in April, April, mid-April sometime. Rob lost his wife Krista to cancer. And I'll never forget how strong that man looked as I went to her funeral down in New Hampshire. And I went to her and really it was a celebration. It was a celebration of life. There was I've never seen more worship and remembrance at any other celebration of life that I ever have than Christmas. 
And that dude got up and spoke at his own wife's funeral. Tanya, sorry, if you, like, I'm not doing that. Sorry. I can't get through a sermon without crying. Like, that guy was so strong. But the only way he could do it was because Jesus was, remain in me and I will remain in you. Because Jesus was in him. And he was with Jesus. The reason we have storms in life is so that we will produce fruit. The pruning happens so that more fruit will be produced. A fruit tree, it doesn't matter if it's an apple, an orange, a pear. A tree doesn't produce fruit without a little rain. That's why we have storms. There is a purpose for your pain. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're going through, I want you to know today that God has a reason for it. And there's hope in that reason. And that brings me to the third thing that I find about fruit, and that is that we must realize that producing fruit gives glory to God. It's not about us. Verse verse 8 says that when you produce much fruit, you will be my true disciples. You are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. The fruit that we produce has nothing to do with us. And everything to do with the Father. It's about Him and His glory, not you and your glory. When we question the pain of our lives, we're saying, God, I'm better at your job than you are. It's for His glory, not ours. And so all this talk about fruit, it's finally time that I start telling you what fruit exactly is. There are two theories on what fruit is. That the fruit that Jesus is speaking of in the scripture. And theory number one, which I think is probably the most popular, is theory number one is that the fruit that we produce is that of telling others about Jesus and having them accept him into their lives and, and growing people that are, Jesus called them making disciples, like producing Jesus followers. Conversion, conversion. Many people believe that, that that's what Jesus is talking about, like multiplying, making disciples. That's one theory. The second theory is that they, like the fruit that he was speaking of was the fruit of the Spirit, which the Apostle Paul talks about in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. It says this, it says that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. I memorized those as a kid because my mom and dad wanted me to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so those are the two theories about the fruit that Jesus is speaking about. But here's here's what I believe. Why does it have to be either or? Too many things in life have to be either or. Why can't it be both and? Because... I believe that when I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, when I have those things, that people will come to know Jesus because they see them in my life. So having fruit of the Spirit produces fruit of believers. 
so finally, I want to give you three results of remaining in peace. Just three specific fruits that we see when we remain in Jesus. Number one is we will see reproduction. When, when we do those things, when we, when we have the fruit of the Spirit and when we make disciples, we will reproduce. Healthy things do produce. If you are a follower of Jesus and you are healthy and you are where God wants you to be, you will reproduce. You will make disciples. You will multiply. Verse 16 says, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Fruit that lasts. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like a legacy. I don't, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that said, no, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't want to leg- leave a legacy. I'm good. I want to leave a legacy. And the way you leave a legacy is by producing lasting fruit. And the way you produce lasting fruit is by remaining in Jesus. Fruit that lasts is leaving a legacy. And you can't leave a legacy without some type of reproduction. You can't do it. Here's why I believe that our church needs this message today. Recently, George Barna named Portland, Maine, the number one most post-Christian city in America. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like we haven't remained in him. Our city has not remained in him. Our city has gotten away from him. And our city needs to return to him so that we can remain in him together. Our city needs this message. Our region needs this message. Your friends need this message. Your friends need the hope of the world. That's why we're here. We're not not here to make this church bigger. We're here to make this church better. Because when we make it better, we'll get bigger and people will come and they will find hope here. That's what it's about. Finally, uh, second, number two, the second thing that fruit results in is it results in freedom. Producing fruit results in freedom, and freedom is a sweet spot. In, in verse 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves. For a master doesn't con- confide in his slaves. Now you are my slaves. There is freedom in Jesus. The world will tell you that religion is a bunch of rules, and they're right. Religion is for sweet sometimes. How do you tell if you are part of a religion or a part of a relationship? It's by the rules you follow. It's not about breaking the rules. It's about finding grace and forgiveness from the rules. It's about following Jesus and the freedom that he gives us because he gives us grace, and that doesn't give us an excuse to sin. That gives us an excuse to live free. To live, him, live with him in our lives and to remain in him. Finally, number three is remaining in Jesus results in increased joy. Remaining in Jesus results in answered prayer. Verse 7 says, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything. 
anything you want, and it will be done. Verse 16, the second part of verse 16 says, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment, that you love each other. When we remain in him, he will hear our prayers. When we remain in him and when we love each other, he will answer our prayers. I can't help but to think that some of you that maybe aren't experiencing pain, you probably know someone that is. When you remain in him and you love that friend and you pray for that friend, he will hear your prayer. He will answer that prayer. Kind of a a silly story, especially for this moment of the message. Not really that silly. But this last week at at the Warrior Conference, uh, I don't know if you know this, it was scheduled to rain every day in uh, the White Mountains. Scheduled to rain not every day, Friday, all day. And um, on Friday they asked, they asked me to get up and to make the announcements and to pray for the lunch that we were going to eat that day. And so I got up in front of 1,200 men. And I, I prayed, I said, God, I pray that it not rain a drop today. In Jesus' name. And uh, I got off the stage. And, um, and, and in fact, later on, we're on our way home. One of the guys in the room said, I can't believe that you prayed that it wouldn't rain a drop. And it didn't rain a drop. Like, I can't believe that happened. And you know what I thought? I didn't say it. Seriously. Like, but but why is answer prayer so surprising? When we remain in the Father and He remains in us, He hears the cries of His children. Answer prayer should not be a surprise. And so, as we begin to reflect on the end of this message, when we get to go into this time of, of what will be baptism, there will be a, a time where you know, we got to prepare and things like that. But you cannot remain in Jesus without full obedience. Partial obedience is full disobedience, my dad used to always tell me. So you can't remain in Jesus without obeying Him. And one of the one of the ways that we obey Him is is through baptism, by telling the world that we are a follower of Jesus, that we have Him in our hearts. So that's why we baptize. That's why we do. That's one of the reasons that we do. So if you want to get baptized today, that's why you should, so that you can remain in Him, so that you can find the peace that passes all understanding, so that you can have the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's why we do it. So that you can find the sweet spot in life, so that when 
Storms come. You never have to be overtaken by them. So everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to I wanna talk to you real, real briefly. And at this time, if you're getting baptized, you're helping with baptism, you can get up and leave. If you've got a, a child getting baptized that's upstairs, um, you can go and get them so that they can get ready. And, and, um, and, then, and then go out to the left of the auditorium. Everyone else is following is going that way. Go out to the left of the auditorium. Go through the doors that are behind the next step. Holy cow, I didn't know that many people get baptized. It's amazing. Yeah. So go through the double doors on the left. There will be someone there with a t-shirt and shorts and towel. They want to help get you in place. But if you're here and you didn't decide, and, you, and you didn't come prepared to get baptized, For those of you that remain in here, what does it look like for you to remain in Jesus? Do you have to get up every morning and open the Bible more? Do you have to tell your friends more about Jesus? Do you have a friend that needs this message of hope? that you need to share it with. What does it look like for you to remain in Him? Only you can answer that. I can't. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer. Right now, just say, God, I need you in my life. And I give you my heart the best way that I know how. Come into my life and save me. Help me to live for you. I trust you. Come into my life and save me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, Please tell someone before you leave. Tell me. Tell one of our warriors. You can tell them, tell them by the guys that are wearing their shirts to say warriors. But we want to celebrate you today. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand and give God a hand for what he's doing today? This is so good. This is so good. So we're going to be dismissed in a moment after you sing a song. I'm going to go and get on my, my trunk and my shirt. But um, when you're dismissed, don't leave. Don't leave because we have, we've, it's, it's become a tradition here that every week that we do baptism, we invite a very sweet, sweet guest to be a part of us. And uh, that sweet guest is an ice cream truck that's waiting outside. Ice cream is on the house today. You don't have to buy it. We're buying ice cream for you. So go outside, get some ice cream, and we'll be out there to dunk some people. Come on, somebody. Let's go.